0: What the heck? To chrome, ectochrome, ectoplasm. No, hey, I'm Kip, and this is Film Ramble, the poorly named podcast about film photography. Thanks for coming along. So, today I want to talk about uh, Kodak bringing back ectochrome. Why, oh, why are we doing this? Now, to be clear, shooting film is not really a rational pursuit, I suppose. You could argue that anyone who shoots film is certainly not doing it for practicality reasons. So asking questions about why would we bring it back a particular film, sort of, you know, it's obviously not about practicality. It's more about nostalgia and fun and whatever. But with that being said... I don't, I never like shooting transparency films. And I may use words like transparency and chrome and slide and stuff. Basically all interchangeable for a reversal type positive film item you would put in your camera and take pictures with. Uh, The thing about chrome films is, for me, the biggest thing is they have a limited dynamic range compared to your average negative film. And that certainly makes it much harder to capture an image, especially when you're not using controlled lighting conditions. All the samples I've seen so far have been in overcast conditions outside, in which case you'd have shorter dynamic range. You have less less, uh, bright sky and deep shadow. It's all going to be a bit more even, which would fit into the the range limit of that type of film. And the other uh, situation that I usually see on samples is with a studio situation so a portrait or whatever in the studio controlled lighting flash etc and you only see one sample from each situation you don't see like three or four shots that they did in a row so uh dynamic range yeah definitely it's a big deal for me uh also chrome films tend to be temperamental um you have a sweet spot for your exposure and if you vary outside of that even As much as a third of a stop, it can really throw off your picture quite a bit. Whereas with negative films, they're a lot more forgiving. You can underexpose a stop. You can overexpose a couple stops and still get a very, very nicely usable image out of it. And I say usable, but often it's just indistinguishable from an excellent photo. So to have that shortened dynamic range and that narrow exposure window really makes a greater challenge to get a good image. Now, some people like that. I mean, some people enjoy the challenge and that's going to work for them. But I just like to take nice pictures as conveniently and as enjoyably as I can. I don't need to make it extra work. Uh, One of the other things is uh, when you have your uh, negative, you can make repeated pictures from it. You can scan it. You can make multiple prints. Now, obviously, in this digital age, you can scan a Chrome and you don't have to worry about having uh, an original duplicated, which is what we used to do with a slide film. When I shoot architecture and interiors on 4x5 transparency film, that film was what you delivered the client. So for every situation they were shooting you tried to make at least a couple of identical exposures so that you'd have one to keep and you'd have one to give to the client otherwise you'd have to make a duplicate that you'd have to keep for yourself or send to the client and the duplicates were um, as in any analog format you lose quality in the case of a duplicate transparency you tend to pick up a lot of uh, contrast and your highlights tend to start going away pretty quickly and your shadows lose detail just even in the first generation copy so not a fan of that, but again, not a big deal in digital age, but still there's that consideration. If you're, if you're going with a full analog style process, uh, I am not full analog on anything. Even when I shoot film, the first thing I do is go scan it. <laughs> so that's, I guess that's really a non-issue, but it's something to consider for full analog. Um, I can't read my notes. My handwriting is so bad. I cannot read my own notes. Uh, oh, well, let's talk about processing. Uh, number one, there's not a lot of places to process it. There's very few places that are going to do E6 for you. And um, that certainly uh, makes it more difficult to want to do it because you're going to have an extra ordeal finding a good place that you're happy with their processing. The other thing is uh, processing quality varies greatly from place to place. So the fact that there's fewer people doing it now means it's more likely that it's not going to be as good as, as it could be. Uh Unless you're doing a regular volume of E6, it's hard to keep that chemistry in line all nice and stable and happy without uh, constant usage. So, again, you have the issue with the, the temperamentality of uh, chrome films. When you process them, the, the processing has to be pretty precise, just like with your exposure. So if your processing is not super precise, Precise, you end up with funny colors or exposures that weren't anywhere near what you thought they were going to be. Even if you exposed correctly, if the processing's off, it can really make for a bad image pretty quickly. So, again, not a fan of that. I do love lab processing. I don't do any processing myself anymore. It's been years. I don't need to. Every now and then I will try something just for fun, but it reminds me how much I don't really care to process, especially because you can get more consistent results from lab processing. Also, I think, I may be completely wrong on this, but I think the E6 chemicals are more toxic. I think that was the reason they, one of the main reasons they got rid of uh, Kodachrome processing, K14, if I remember correctly, Um, it was super toxic with a lot of chemicals. It was complicated and it just wasn't a practical way to make an image. It was lovely and they do last forever. I've had people bring in slides for me to scan that were 30 years old. And they'll have Kodachrome slides mixed in with their Ektachrome slides and their Fujichrome slides. And the K14 looked nearly perfect, whereas the E6 ones were always faded in some way, whether the entire image had faded or the yellows had started to go away, which happens a lot on E6. Um, The well-exposed Kodachrome ones looked fantastic and actually were easy to scan, barring the fact that most slides have fingerprints and all sorts of crap on them Uh, because nobody seems to handle their slides very well. But uh, yeah, the E6 faded quite a bit. And so the Kodachrome lasted longer, but then you have the toxicity of it and the complication with it. So bringing back E6 seems like a weird thing. I think if somebody brought back Kodachrome, I would almost be excited about that because it's such a quality product Again, you have the limitations of dynamic range and processing complication, but you have the image that will last a lot longer. Um, 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 I'm saying um, I like to say um. Apparently, I say um quite a bit. Um, I think that's most of it. One of the big things for me back in the day was that that secondary secondary image you had to make. Uh, so that you would have something to show. And it had to be super pre- precise. We'd spend hours setting up a scene and the lighting, take 10 or 15 Polaroids to make sure it was kind of close. And the, Polaroid, the response on the Polaroid was not the same as what it would be on the transparency film. So you still had to build in that factor and kind of make a little bit of a guess as to if everything was correct, especially when you were doing multiple exposures for uh, different brightness levels and different uh, color temperatures of lights with different filters on the camera, it's a big old hassle. I can talk about that later if you want. Um, yeah, so I'm not excited about Ektachrome coming back. I think it's an interesting move from Kodak. I'm sure there's quite a few people who will love it and enjoy it, but I don't know if there's enough people who shoot it regularly for them to have bothered. Uh, but kudos to them for making the effort. There's such a, an array of film currently available that uh, it seems like kind of an area they didn't need to be working on. The negative films are really nice now, uh, and I think I'd be happier, I would be happier if they would make more large format emulsions. But again, that's probably a real minority in the in the group of people who shoot film. And in the, in the at the lab the other day, uh, someone came in and they wanted their film processed, and I think it was around $10-ish, and they just could barely manage to pay for that. And I think i've seen a lot of that most of the people who are shooting film are shooting it just for fun so budget is a big issue and when you go with a film like a chrome you really have to be good at it to get any good results out of it so you're going to probably be spending more money shooting chrome just because you'd have to shoot more rolls in order to get the hang of it uh and, but you know again like I said at the beginning it's I guess it's not really about practicality it's more about fun and nostalgia and just the enjoyment of process so hopefully the Ektachrome crowd will be satisfied with this new film and maybe they'll do okay with it and that would be awesome I, anything that kind of keeps film going is nice because film is sort of a pleasant bit of the past just like I started listening to cassette tapes again like just for fun I got a cheap cheap cassette deck at the thrift store I think it was eight dollars something like that it's a dual cassette deck Yamaha and so I've been listening to cassettes and that's fun just like taking pictures with my you know Canon rangefinder from 1981 that I paid I don't know fifteen dollars for ten or more years ago is fun and so that's the bottom line I suppose as long as you're having fun it's all good as always if you have any questions do let me know or if you got something you want me to talk about if you want me to ramble nonsensically about, I should say, uh, yeah, let me know and let me know if you want to keep. If you want me to keep doing more of these, because I can, they may not be good, but I'll do them. Thanks for listening. As a side note, if you want to send me a message, you can use the Anchor app. A N C H O R. Two, number one, you can listen to this podcast on the Anchor app. And then you can also, there's a section where you can tap on the word message and you can record an audio message for me. So you can uh, ask a question or tell me how stupid I am or, you know, whatever you want to do. So that's an option. Uh, Use it.